Hey, welcome to Go and Be the Church podcast, where we talk about what Scripture says the church should look like, how we care for the broken, lift up the lost, and lose our lives for the gospel. We know this will change your life and leadership, relationships, and purpose, which is impacted by how we go and be the church. I want to thank you for joining our Go and Be the Church podcast today. You know, this podcast, it's our first episode, and it was really birthed out of a concept that Casha Baptist Church out of Eustis, Florida, and I'm one of the pastors at Casha Baptist Church. My name is Josh Douglas, and you get to meet on other episodes our uh, co-pastor with me, Mark Douglas. Uh, he's been leading the church since September 2021. I came along in January of 2022, but we're talking more about that. I was a missionary in Africa with my wife of 10 years and also my Two kids, they're five and three, Tyson and Julie. My wife's name is Julie, and she'll be on some of the podcasts. But I want to just tell you where the heartbeat of all these things for the Go and Be the Church podcast, because here at Casha, we know that every person and every step of life, no matter what they're going through, that it's about following Jesus. But the difficulty of getting people to a place where they can have that relationship is really what Go and Be the Church podcast is all about. How do we care for the broken? How do we lift up the lost? How do we lose our lives for the gospel? And a big place of conviction for us is that that's towards every person. So that means the person who thinks they have it all together and the person who feels like no one would ever want me, that I'm secluded, I'm sequestered. Whether that's the person who has all athleticism, all abilities, all the looks, or the person who says, I never had any of those things. And yet God sees each and every one of you says, I set my love on you, and I can use you, and that you have a purpose. And those are the beginning steps of saying, who is this God who comes to me in all my mess-ups and all my worries and all my setbacks? And he says, I will prop you up. I will build you up. I will make you into my champion for the gospel. Because with the one who would never leave us nor forsake us, the one who already has the victory, that's who we get to follow. And taking those who are broken, we know that Jesus can bring wholeness. And part of that is ministering to families who have significant needs. And one of the places we're going to go today in this episode, many episodes going on from here, is how do we minister to families who have children who have identified special needs. You know, when you look at caring for the broken, there's a book by Andreas Kostenberger. It's called Salvation to the Ends of the Earth. And perhaps the most striking element, he says this in the book, the most striking element of the command that Jesus gave to his disciples in the Great Commission about, therefore, go and make nation, make disciples of all the nations is the fact that Jesus' followers are called not merely to disciple individuals, but entire nations. And this vision is as startling as it is grand, but Jesus trained them in a way that he took the individual person and slowly led them over the course of three years. I mean, when we look over what God accomplished in their lives in three years, they, they had no idea 
And we see this in the same way that being in people's lives, influencing them, we have no idea what it could do. And so why we care for the broken is because we're all broken. Jesus was the example that he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so caring for the broken is about doing the work of what God has already shown us to do. You know, think about it. Jesus himself, just his mere leadership. There's a gentleman by the name of Greg Allison, and he wrote a short book on the church. And when you look at Jesus, he says, the mere leadership of Jesus is that the type that Jesus wills and models at all times is actually mere servanthood. So mere leadership is actually mere servanthood. Could you imagine if we thought that way every person we saw? How can I serve you? How can I be there for you? How can I see your life? How do I begin to have a lens of the gospel for everything I see? And not just, not just gossiping the gospel, but living it out too. That's what Go and Be the Church is all about. It's, it's not that we just gather on a Sunday, have fellowship, talk about things from Scripture, have those moments where we say, hey, I, I learned something new, I had a, some clarity, but we begin to form the type of conviction that leads us to a concern, even a more of a concern, but wanting to be in people's lives to say, hey, I'm going to serve. I'm going to be there for you when life is incredibly difficult. In fact, when you look at just the life of Jesus, and this is one of the things that if we have a God who is the one who makes disciples, I mean, Jesus on this earth saying, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to uh, come alongside you. I'm going to pick you up when you feel like you're at your worst, right? Think about the apostle Peter when he betrayed Jesus and Jesus came to him and said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And all that, he was forming something in Peter. And so we want to not only care for the broken, I'll use that about Peter to segue into this other part, but we want to be a people who lift up the lost. Now, if you look at those who have special needs, those who... Um, Families that feel like I can't ever come to a church because they're making things not as accommodating or welcoming. You know, I look at uh, Jesus now. He came to the least of these. You know, you think about the the leper when he was with the, the ten other lepers, right? And he's the only one that comes back. He's healed. And the others are healed. He says, go. Go to, the, go to the synagogue. Show them. Show them that you're better. And yet, only one returned and said, it's so much more than just that you took away my disease. You, you made it so that I finally have more than just peace of mind, more than just peace of heart. Um, before the Holy One, 
I mean, for the one who can change everything. If you if you can change this, you can you can change everything. And to give families that moment where through ministering to them, serving them, perhaps they could see the one that has changed us, that calls us to set our love on them, that same one being Jesus can change them completely because he set his love in a way that says, I have died for you. And it's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. And, you know, here's one of the things we learn from just lifting up the lost. And what I'm saying by lifting up the lost, I'm not saying, hey, we're going to encourage you in your lostness. No, what we're saying is everything you've been trying, probably it's not working. Those who say, hey, I'm, I'm, when we say we want to minister to the, those who have everything, many times people who have everything, they feel empty. Those who say they have nothing, they feel like, what, what could ever fill this, this feeling I have? And we want to say the answer of both is, has always been Jesus. You know, if you look at the person who is most dependent upon the Father in Scriptures, it was it was Jesus. In fact, I was reading through a book by Will Mancini. It's called Future Church. And he said, I find the more dependent I am, the more I pray out of place of desire rather than duty. He says, I'm praying and obeying because I want to, not because I have to. Could you imagine if we got there just with families who felt like they could never be a part of a church because perhaps their child may not be still or not color in the lines or not do everything that other children may do. But we, we have this dependence on God where we're saying, hey, we're walking with you. We're, we've already prayed for you before you even got to this church. That we desire for you to be here, just like Jesus desired to be around everyone to show them the difference that he makes. And to say, hey, I'm praying because I want to, not because I have to. Like You want to see them. You want to grow close to them. There's an encouraging of the heart that's happening there. And it changes everything. What, what you're actually saying is we are better with you than not with you. And that can change families. That can change lives. That can change those who feel like they've been left out, those who feel that this is not a place perhaps for them. And then all of a sudden it becomes, this is a place because you are making a place. You know, in losing our lives for the gospel, another part of this Go and Be a Church podcast and some of the convictions that we have here at Cash about this church, there's a book called 40 Questions About Pastoral Ministry. And in it, Phil Newton, he, he reveals something that I know is, is worth hearing because when you lose your lives for the gospel, you, you think about how in the midst of pastoral ministry, there's both this there's secure sinners, right? People who feel like, hey, I, I'm okay where I'm at. It's okay what I'm doing. And then there's broken, wounded sinners. 
and they need a pastoral word. They need people who can say, this is the good, good stuff. This is the good portion. And what I'm, I'm learning as I, I read these things about Phil Newton was saying in this is that, you know, personal laboring and knowing your people, right? When people come through the door, getting to know the name of that child, maybe who has special needs, you know, the name of that family. Because if we're going to lose our lives for the gospel. We need to be involved in other people's lives. Because we're losing our lives. It's not about our life. It's about others. It's about what we can do for them. And so personal labors and knowing the flock. Phil Newton points this out. Praying for them. Helping to apply the gospel in their lives. And, and you do that also by showing them the gospel. By saying, hey, I, um, maybe to the kid that has autism. I, I, we have this room that has different textures, different things. Or we have a quiet place where if you need to get away from it all, and there's like a tent and they have different things there that they can play with. You know, thinking outside the box because you're saying, I'm trying to apply the gospel to your life and my life, and you're encouraging them through it. Hey, let's live out what this looks like. And, and it's not done just here in the church walls, but as you gather and then you scatter, you're in all things, it takes place in every conversation. It takes place in, in the notes you make during the week when you're talking with other people and you're, you're thinking about them or you're counseling somebody or the group gatherings or personal visits you make. It's not just on that Sunday. It's throughout the week that these things are happening. And it can change someone. Because once again, mere leadership is actually mere servanthood. And as we begin going through what could change you, what could make it so that these things begin to be just a part of your life, we, we've asked that in our church as well. What is going to help us care for the broken, lift up the lost, lose our lives for the gospel? Well, we, we believe that Jesus, and sitting at the feet of Jesus, is where leadership best takes place, where discipleship best takes place. And doing that takes people who, you know, they want, you want more than just, you know, people who want a leadership position. Carl Vader's talked about this in small church. And here we are, we're a small church. And Carl Vader's, he said, you know, people who want a leadership position for the title or the control and that's the thing is when we're ministering to people, we don't want people just to have a position for prestige. We want people to have a position here because they know there's a purpose that God has in there. They know that they have convictions about these things. They see scripture. They see the gospel through a certain lens. Because if you're only there to minister so you can say, look who I minister to. Look what I'm bringing together. Then you're going to cause more problems than your fix. But... You can never go wrong, Carl Vader says, if you start with someone who has the heart of a servant. You know, I don't know a lot about people in all aspects. I'm not a psychology major. I have observed a lot of people, how they interact. I can tell you this. It's hard for someone to be mad at you if you're serving them. It's hard for someone not to like you if you're serving them. 
and a family that feels that that want to remember not i have to that want to i wanted to pray for you i wanted to open this door i wanted to bring you this room i wanted to show you these things we have for your child i want to show you that i enjoy these conversations and that i'm taking note that i'm treating you like a person I'm going to know your child's name. Why? Because I'm not just going to know a few of the names because every single individual matters because we're going after the nations. You see that that leadership that is saying it's about relationship begins to change everything about going and being the church. I mean, if you were to just take a step back and think through how God could possibly use the church. You know, Paul Tripp, he talks about in a book called Lead, he says the fruit and ministry is the result, not of our wise planning and diligent execution. And hear this. He's saying it's, it's, it's not you and all the things you thought of. It's not your extreme wisdom that made these things come about or your way of making things happen by diligently executing. No, he's saying it's a loving operation of God's rescuing and transforming grace. Wow. I need to hear that. God, you, you rescued. You've already performed the greatest operation. You've already transformed me by your grace. And here I am trying to transform a ministry or uh, rescue people out of my own power, out of my own strength. No, that's why we're talking about leadership that goes towards praying out of a want to, a desire, not a have to. And, you know, catching this vision of, to go and be the church to those who are weak and vulnerable, to those who think they have it all together, you know, that's, that's where relationships are born in a place of true care, true authenticity, a genuineness. Because when you look at the priority of our God, the one who says, I'm going to go after the poor and the unimportant. And God's mission, it, he does that because... It's for the sake of all, right? I mean, you think about it, and this is actually something Michael Goheen puts forth in his book called Reading the Bible Missionally. And he says the priority of the poor and the unimportant in God's mission is for the sake of all, such as this, that his purpose can reach the wealthy and the powerful only by way of the least. I mean... How did Jesus come to this earth? Did he come as one who was set in a palace? That kings lifted him up? And he came in a place that was of complete humble circumstances. Backed away from the palace. Out in the place that most would say only animals would have resided. Yeah, he was born... To die. Think about that. He was born to die, actually, for all of us. And to think for a moment that we have a God 
who would not only die for us, those who went against him tried to take his throne, he would then send his the Holy Spirit for the helper. The church would start, and then he would say, hey, go and tell my message. It's unbelievable. And for us to think there's a whole group of people, a significant community of people in special needs that feel like they cannot be in the church. I know statistics that came out of University of Central Florida by a woman named Kim Spence. She has said one out of every 44 children are now diagnosed with autism. If, if that's the case, are we thinking about that group, that community? And, and there's many places of special needs. It's, it's emotional. There's physical, all different levels, cerebral palsy, uh, multiple cirrhosis, uh, type 1 diabetes even. There's so many needs and families that experience things. The church, if we're not being dynamic in our missional discipleship, because here's here's the truth. Bob Roberts, he, he talked about this in his looking at things differently. He had a book called Lessons from the East. And in it, he's saying, hey, what what is the, the future of Western Christianity in, in the global church? Because we're, we're to go to the nations, we're to be there for people. And he's asking this question. I mean, he, he tells us, actually, he says, Moses even never found happiness in his leadership and the response of his people but he experienced joy and purpose only in being a friend of God. That's mesmerizing to me. In the, in the church, we're pointing people to, hey, we want to be a friend because we know God as friend. He came to us. He drew us near when he should have pushed us away and rejected us. When we rejected him, he said, I'll die when we never lived for him. Instead, the way he was living, he was living for us and he dies for us. So churches, he talks about churches without dynamic missional discipleship may have many small groups, but they probably don't have those engaging the city, the same groups. I mean, he's, he, he really is. He's, he's putting us against the wall. He's saying, hey, have you really thought about what these things are saying? If you're, if you're telling people, hey, we want to have fellowship, we want to be together on things, and then if you just only wait for Sunday morning program to attract people, but they aren't people who are there through the every day equipping men and women to live for Christ all day, every day in their jobs and neighborhoods, what are we doing? How would you ever get families who have hurts and hangups, who have things that they thought, oh, they, they never accept me, but if they just knew one person? They just knew one person that goes to Cashew Baptist Church. They just knew some one person that goes to your church. All it takes is that one moment walking across the room saying, hello, I just want to get to know you. And so the, the strength of this podcast has nothing to do with any kind of uh, wise and diligent strategies by Cash about his church. No, it has to do with a relationship with the one true God. And kind of bring all of these things together. Say, hey, what 
what could this accomplish? Maybe you're listening to this. Maybe you're saying, hey, you know, you're quoting a lot of stuff. You're saying a lot of words. I think in the end, when we go deep with Jesus, it, it should lead us to reach out to others. Right? Right? Just to give you no quote on this, David Mathis, he, he talks about in Habits of Grace, about enjoying Jesus. And he, he talks in a way that says, reaching out, he, he says, you know, it lead to a relationship that's deeper with Jesus. In other words, getting on board with Jesus' mission that we're talking about, going to the nation, that means going to everyone and discipling the nations. If, if that's the very thing he uses to push through, I mean, could you imagine? God is saying, hey, I want to use this to push through any kind of spiritual laziness and jumpstart. I believe it can jumpstart a church. Go and be the church. It's saying, I am living out the mission of God. The people of God living out the mission of God for the purpose of God. Now, what does this look like? Some of what we're going to talk about, just practical things used in the church, you know, how, how to have that welcome moment how to train up leaders, how maybe you can have a buddy where a buddy system where someone can get to know uh, perhaps those who are uh, neurotypical, uh, meaning they are able to just function in a, a lot of ways that a normal child would, but those who have special needs, how can they intertwine, interweave in the, the way that they are the body of Christ here and get used and feel like they have that fellowship and feel like others are there for them? Because if if we're talking about being all things to all people. And the astonishing fact that Jesus says the nations to disciple them, this vision as huge as it is, um, and as big as that is, we get to be part of it. Our part in some ways is, is small, right? You, here we are, Eustace, Florida, Cashel Baptist Church. But God wants to use us. So I can't help but think of in Scripture, the, the story of Mephibosheth. Now, I can remember the first time I even read about it. I was actually doing missionary work in Guatemala. And I was uh, a teenager going to this place where they were doing um, Awana programs and teaching the kids that because many of them had diseases or they had disabilities they had things that made so they could not operate how they once were able to. Some of them had mental traumas and mental health that we couldn't even begin to unravel. And you look at the story of Mephibosheth, someone who was crippled, someone who came from the line of Saul, and Saul who tried to kill King David, and King David, who has Mephibosheth before him, could end the line of Saul, could take all that Mephibosheth ever had. Mephibosheth was dropped when he was little. He, he was crippled. And yet, the one who would be looked down upon in that culture, the one who was weak and vulnerable, Mephibosheth, the one who had nothing to his claim, in case you're hearing that, we, we all are like a Mephibosheth, that we are weak and powerless for the king. We have nothing to our claim. We have nothing to offer. And yet the king 
King Jesus, like what King David does, offers him everything. He said, you can, you can have your land, you can have your place, but Mephibosheth, you're going to sit at my table and dine with me. The one who, your father, your line, you try to take me, try to take me out. I'm going to bring you close. You're the one who wanted to keep the throne. The one who wanted to have the throne. Instead, I'm going to make it so you can be where you can see my throne. And you can know my goodness. You can feel my grace. I mean, could you imagine for a moment that all that he probably felt should be done to him from King David? And yet he was lavished upon him grace. And, you know, you look at what that could do to someone. And I can't help but think that if the church caught this kind of fire, that our purpose, and we would understand God's pleas when we say, I'll take care of someone else. I'll be in their life. And not only be in their life, praying for them because you, you, you want to pray for them, even when they don't even know it. And we would look at the church's mission. You know, it's, it's vital to the ministry. The, the mission, you know, what are we supposed to be doing? People are the mission. Showing that God is a God who has set his love on them and can change their lives. Could change families' lives, could change those children who have special needs, for them to know that lavishness of grace. And, and here's what, if you don't get anything from all this, you know, when we look at purpose, success, is what's done to you. You get an award, you get a promotion, but significance is what is done through you. And I want to spend the rest of my life, God working through me, of helping people see that Jesus is the God of everything, the God of all creation, and ascribe to Him as all authority and His ability, how He rules, how He reigns. How he's supreme. He rules and reigns like no other. And we get to show a little bit of what that looks like in this world. As we show what servanthood looks like. As we show what sacrifice looks like. You know, the, the head of the church is Jesus. And he, he gets ultimate authority. And he's, he's gave us his marching orders. Go to the nations. Go to every individual. So let's go and be the church. Let's care for the broken. Let's lift up the lost. Let's lose our lives for the gospel. And it will change your leadership, your relationships, and your purpose. Because God calls us to the good things, the great things, the better portion in all of life. And you know, if he could take people like Timothy and Titus, if he could lead them towards congregations, towards different places that were hard and difficult, if, if the shepherd... With all authority, the great shepherd, if he's if he's delegating, delegating to us, you know, Jesus is saying, I'm with you. He wouldn't tell us to go out and do something 
that he hasn't already done. So I hope as you think through, you know, when believers think about who does mission, when we say go and be the church, sometimes we tend to focus on extremes of size, right? Like I told you, to cast a Baptist church when in the middle of nowhere, a small church. But on the one hand, you may picture a large and complex church doing incredible things. And I think God calls large churches to do incredible things. But the task of the mission, the task of the mission is something that we tend to focus on the size of the church, the building, the stuff they have. But the task of the mission isn't built off that. The task of the mission is built off the size of our God. And he's the one who says, if you trust me, if you follow me, because the task of the mission is to the individual disciple of Jesus, and together, us individuals, we can reach nations. Would you follow this out today? Thank you for watching Go and Be the Church podcast. I hope that this has helped you change in some ways how you think you lead, how you think you develop relationships, and how you see your purpose in ministering to those who need to be cared for. They're broken. They're lost. Let's lose our lives for the gospel.